Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Late Night Linux Extra. I'm Joe. I'm Chris. I'm Gary. And I'm Dalton. So you came back, Dalton. Kind of been that bad for you. <laughs> I mean, we were a little worried at once, but uh, now we're better. So let's keep doing this, hey? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Chris, you had a thought in our little Telegram group this week about reporting bugs and how really we're not very good at it. That's certainly what I would admit to, but it makes me feel bad. Like, I have to be honest. Obviously, when I first started using Linux, which we've discussed previously, that wasn't something that necessarily I would think about doing. But I do think I'm now at the stage where I can. But frequently what I tend to do is Google what semblance of the problem I have, see if someone else has filed a bug, and wait for the issue to develop without contributing in any way. The only change I've had from that recently was getting audio working on some of the Chromebooks I've got where I did see an already open bug, but what I contributed to the bug helped to fix it. And it was satisfying. Like, I have to be honest, the, the fact that Sam was working because I'd contributed some feedback to the bug then got me a, a, a fix to that. So I feel like I should do it more. And I know that like Popey, for example, says it's easy if you're on Ubuntu, just click report and it does it. It fills it all out for you. Bang. But I still don't do it. <laughs> and that does make me feel a bit bad. <laughs> but Dalton, you love when people email in their reports or ping you on Telegram or Twitter with them. That's the best way to do it, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm not suffering from <laughs> burnout at all. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the problem, isn't it? That Every project has the right way to file its bugs if they aren't, you know, well, even Ubuntu. And most of them aren't as easy as Ubuntu, right? Yeah, exactly. And so what you end up with is people just complaining on social media mm -hmm. rather than properly filing a bug. I have taken a couple of friends to task, like good friends, where I'm like, but this is kind of how this works. And you keep complaining with a sense of entitlement about it. But this is never going to go anywhere if you just sit here complaining to me, like I'm not the maintainer of this project and I don't have the ability to file a pull request that might fix this, but you're just moaning about it. And if I was a maintainer, which I'm not, obviously Dalton can speak to this more than me. Yeah, it would be incredibly irritating if people kept opening GitHub issues, which I've seen all caps, like this doesn't work, fix it. Like That would really wear me down if there was a huge volume of those every day. I also wonder sometimes, like, if there is already a pre-existing bug for something, if I've got nothing to add, then what's the point in me just saying me too or plus wanting a bug? Does that really make a difference? I'm never sure. It is nice when, you know, GitHub and GitLab now have the thumbs up button that you can just press instead of needing to make a comment. Uh, that's usually better for maintainers, too. I like it when people do that. It shows that, you know, there's people looking at these things and they didn't file a duplicate on purpose. So it, it does make me feel good when you do that, honestly. And presumably, if you see more attention, more thumbs up on one particular bug, there's more motivation to attempt to fix it. Right. There's a bit of that, oh, crap, uh, people noticed <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, there's like a people actually care about this issue or people actually want this feature type thing that I guess that happens right in your head where you're like a uh, hundred people have plus one this bug 25 people have plus one this other bug better focus on the one with the bigger number of plus ones or thumbs up or whatever it is 
that can get people who are plus wanting the bug motivated to fix it too. So it's not just the maintainers, but maybe someone comes along and says, oh, I could help a lot of people by fixing this. I want that recognition. You know, if they're a certain kind of person, which is um, all of them probably. So it can really help get people, new people involved as much as it can help getting the people who are already involved to look at your thing. Now, I know that I'm terrible for this. I almost never file bugs. I just, I don't complain on social media either. Well, I do sometimes, but otherwise I just put up with it usually. What about um, you, Gary and Chris? Do you report them? And Dalton, do you practice what you preach? So I filed a handful of bugs probably in the last couple of years, but they've mostly been related to production things that I'm trying to use at work. So a couple that spring to mind, there was one where the instructions to install Let's Encrypt were really broken when 2004 first came out, and installing CertBot just didn't install some dependencies that it needed. Um, I raised a bug, and actually the developers were pretty attentive, and the, the answer was install the Snap, basically. I was going to say, Snap install CertBot, there's your solution. Yeah, this was... Uh, I'd been using the PPA, because that's what their official instruction said. The PPA wasn't updated for 2004, but the instruction still said the PPA was the right way to install it say that was it was a little bit annoying but i installed the snap it was fine i don't think the ppa ever got updated there were a lot of angry people in the comments of the issue that i raised on github uh, (laughs) saying anything from just fix the ppa to why would you use snaps if you care about security (laughs) to you know all sorts of stuff (laughs) the other one was in openshift which is red hat's kubernetes platform And there was quite a gnarly bug in the installer for that. So the installer for OpenShift is basically a huge pile of Ansible, basically, that you run on top of a CentOS or a Red Hat box. And there was a pretty gnarly bug that would cause some of the authentication certificates that handle authentication between servers to break when you rerun the Ansible, which meant all of your auth between your servers broke. And I raised a bug for that, but I think that's still broken even to this day. More recently, I've become more confident. So when I talk about the the sound bug, I'm able to give information that is productive, you know, verifiably what the hardware in my system is, what's happening, outputs from system D, or just various output that is actually going to help the bug to be fixed. But previously, I didn't necessarily have that knowledge. One example that comes to mind, and I hope that WinPress doesn't get angry with me, um, like I remember, I think the 2004 release notes, or maybe it was the previous LTS, one of the headline changelog notes was, we fixed screen tearing for good and no one needs to worry about it anymore. And the first thing that happened when I loaded it up was massive screen tearing, especially in full screen video. And I, I feel kind of bad filing a bug. And it's quite a hard bug to file because really you need like a, a screen capture to show that happening. So it's not like I can give you a log of screen tearing happening. I'm sure there is probably some logged process which is helping to indicate why and what's happening with the compositor potentially. But since like 1604, I think, I just used the Compton config from Gallium OS and custom set an auto start for Compton because even the built-in config for Ubuntu Mate just has screen tearing on full screen video in a browser all the time. And I I still do that on almost every new install if it's an Intel laptop with an iGPU. And I even recommended it today for the Raspberry Pi version of Ubuntu Mate to someone in Telegram because he had the exact same problem 
and it fixed his problem. And I'm starting to feel like surely I should be honing what I'm doing and rather than just doing it for myself, take it to someone who can build upon that and maybe work out why it's happening. Because I did actually install Ubuntu Marty on a desktop machine and it didn't tear out of the box. And it was using an Intel iGPU, but a newer CPU. And I just think at this stage, especially, that's where the guilt comes in. Because I do think I'm sitting on potentially like actually useful bug filing that I could contribute with. And I just haven't distilled it into a proper filed bug. So I find it interesting that you were saying, Chris, that you didn't raise bugs because you didn't know if you had valuable information to provide. And that's one of the things that a lot of projects could do better is having a bug filing template with a list of common information they need, which then stops people or hopefully prevents people from raising bugs that are just, this is broken, please fix it, without any context around it. Because I've certainly seen that before, not in open source stuff, but certainly in things that I've maintained at work where people have just said, this set of Ansible doesn't work, or this Terraform doesn't deploy what I expected it to. But without actually telling you what they did, what the expected outcome was, what the result was, just normal good etiquette for bug filing that I think some people just don't understand. Okay, this episode is sponsored by CBT Nuggets, training for IT professionals or anyone looking to build IT skills. Go to cbtnuggets.com slash late night Linux and sign up for a seven-day free trial. The on-demand virtual labs mean you can build practical experience with the commands, config, scripts, and everything you need to get the most out of each course. Another standout feature is the accountability coaching service, available to all learners with a subscription, which gives you access to a real person who will help you craft a personalized learning plan and set goals, and will check in with you to keep you accountable. So start your free seven-day trial today at cbtnuggets.com slash late-night-linux. It includes unlimited access to all course materials, including virtual labs. That's cbtnuggets.com slash late-night-linux. So do you practice what you preach then, Dalton? Uh, yes. yes and uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're all busy people, right? There's always that um, aspect to it. And Chris, I think that you say that you have this config that works and you know of a config that doesn't work. Even that information, if it's written down, can be really helpful to someone who's just, you know, looking over the bug tracker one day, trying to see. I thought I heard someone mention this at some point. Mm, Maybe, yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. I would strongly encourage you to at least write that down, even if it's in throwing it in IRC at someone or something or you know, pinging Wimpress with it, that can tend to be really helpful just to go back and say, well, I thought someone, because the thing with all these bugs is that you're always going to go back to them. Even if it's just something that someone mentioned in Telegram one time and you're like, that's not a big deal. It's a big deal. It will come back to haunt you. (laughs) Uh, So having that written down is really helpful. Uh, As for me, especially if I'm working with libraries or some upstream thing, I at least try to get in contact with the people who make it if it's broken in some way. If I'm doing like a web app or some type of service for a client and, you know, I use something upstream, it's broken, I will always almost file a bug on that because in that case, 
there's a lot of useful information to be had. There's a lot of logs. Usually these web frameworks and things have stupid amounts of logging to make that work better. And you always have to have that balance between this is enough information for the uh, person on the other end to go, oh yeah, that problem. And also trying not to feel like you're acting entitled toward them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, this is broken. I'm sorry. It must be easy if you can file a bug along with a pull request that actually fixes it, or at least a, an idea of how to possibly fix it. Yeah, that's what always feels best. Sometimes it's not possible. Like, I filed uh, several bugs on Read the Docs where it's just like, I don't know, you got this big infrastructure here. Something's happening in it. I'm sorry, I can't give more information. Or when it's some big C++ project, or even even in projects that I maintain that I just, because some of them were just dumps that are huge projects that I haven't gone all the way through. It's like, I'm just filing this bug. I've observed these things happening. I don't know what's going on. Hopefully we can fix it. I know we can fix it eventually. And again, that's where it comes up where if I don't write that kind of thing down, it will bite me later without fail every time. <laughs> like just a few weeks ago, we were working on Ubuntu Touch on the Pine Phone. And the Pine Phone is different from every other device that Ubuntu Touch runs on because it is using Mir's Wayland support to run the compositor, to run its applications, whereas normally we're using the old deprecated Mir client. And there was a problem where, okay, you turn the screen off and immediately everything just stops. It's like, if you had an application running, it doesn't send any frames. If you had something going on in the shell, it just pauses. When you turn the screen back on, it all resumes after a few seconds. And that was really weird. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do a hack here. I'm big brain. I'm going to do a hack here. <laughs> and so I made the Pine phone stay awake for a few seconds. And it's like, okay, let's see what happens. I turn the screen off. It stays awake for a few seconds. Everything still pauses. I had to file a bug to Mir. And at first, I filed a bug on our stuff saying, I don't know why it's broken. Something's broken. It was completely useless. People looked at it and said, this is a lot of information. What does it mean? I said, I don't know. It ended up with two filed bugs on UbiPort stuff, one filed bug on Mir Upstream, a lot of questions to Mir Upstream, most of which they replied with, please stop, we don't have time right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, like I said, it, it feels bad when you do that to someone, right? But at the same time, it is helpful because it'll bite you in the future and it'll bite upstream in the future if they don't have that information. So that's kind of the change in mindset you have to have is as long as you aren't being, you know, like me and actively annoying to upstream, <laughs> the information that you give them will almost always be helpful someday. Even if it's someone else files a duplicate bug of yours at some point and a maintainer goes, oh, so that's what that guy was talking about. So there's a bug in Audacity where when it's playing, if you zoom in with uh, control one and three, zoom in and out, it doesn't properly zoom in and out. It, like it, it, the, the waveform doesn't look right. And then you have to kind of press pause and play again. And then it snaps to what it should be. Now, I have no idea who to report that to because my thoughts are probably, I'm using an Ubuntu LTS base 
So it's probably an outdated version of Audacity, and that bug has probably been fixed in a newer version. So do I therefore report it to Ubuntu or Zubuntu or Audacity? I don't know. And in the end, I just think I haven't got time to think about that. I'll just put up with it. Yeah. That's a case where you have to like grab the newest version of Audacity if you can, whether it be like from a snap or a different package, mm. and try it there. If it's still broken, then you file it on Audacity, and you hope that they don't tell you use a different package version. Yeah, I guess the other thing is you look if that version of Audacity is still supported or maintained in some way, right? Because if they're still patching and supporting that version of Audacity because they know it's in an Ubuntu LTS, then maybe they'll fix it. I have actually found before that just mentioning it on a podcast sometimes gets it fixed <laughs> without having to, to do the bug report. It's quite a niche way to file a bug, though, because I don't know if we want to encourage everyone to create a podcast to file bugs. <laughs> yeah. Please don't. Please don't do that. I don't drive enough to listen to all of your podcasts. <laughs> if only the bug report podcast was still around, eh? Oh. Exactly. Well, we'd better get out of here then. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, but you can get in contact in the meantime. Go to latenightlinux.com slash contact. And thank you to everyone who supports the show with PayPal and Patreon. If you want to join those people, latenightlinux.com slash support. And remember, for $5 or more per month on Patreon, you can get an advert-free RSS feed. But until a couple of weeks' time then, I've been Joe. I've been Chris. I've been Gary. And I've been Dalton. See you later. <laughs>